and welcome to episode 13 of What's the Chakkar? My name is Karan Madhok and I'm the editor and co-founder of The Chakkar. Thechakkar.com is an Indian arts review, a celebration of India's artistic creativity, where we publish writing on Indian music, film, literature, theater, art, sports and more. We also publish creative work like poetry, fiction, photography, original art, etc, etc, etc. In this episode, I will interview a number of guests on recent trends in music, literature and film and TV from India and abroad. So in conversation today with Anurag Tagat, Chester Vaishnav and Pratik Santaram, we will listen to music by Mokhain, discuss books by Arkin Narayan and Julian Barnes, and review Sujit Sirkar's new film Sardar Udham. So strap in and let's go around the chakkar. So I'm back here with Anurag Tagat. Anurag, how are you doing? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Karan. Yeah, always uh, good to be part of this, and always good to be talking about music with you, man. It's uh, it's nice to be back here. So, uh, before I started recording, you know, um, off camera, so to say, we were talking about how you've started going to gigs again. How there's been sort of like that brief flicker of hope that things might be normal-ish. I'm being very tentative with my words right now, <laughs> as you can imagine. um so so uh so you are going out again are you uh, anything interesting you've seen over the last few week few weeks yeah for sure like i i got to see parvaz in bangalore that was really nice uh, uh it was their sort of comeback show as well because uh, it was they've got a new guitarist now they got bharat kashyap playing guitars and stuff so it was um quite interesting to see that play out and i think you know they delivered a stellar show and uh, it was a full house so you know all those uh, experiences are very very new for me in a sense after like one and a half years of being away from it mm-hmm. so yeah I'm, i'm looking forward to it and like i'm going to go and see her in a quarter like uh, next week as well i'm really excited for that because again like the thing with i think to some extent parvaz as well as thermal and a quarter is that Like they all released albums and then they could couldn't play it live. So yeah. for me, like I'm really looking forward to the fact that I can finally hear these albums live, which is which is always great. Yeah, and normally, uh, for me, it's normally been the the converse experience where I I will see an artist live first and then sort of listen to the studio sound. Um, and yeah. I, I'm I'm talking about in India, obviously, where where we can go and see artists live, right? um and but now as you said things have flipped around a little but i was going to ask you because you you kind of alluded to this you know there was a full house how was the experience being in uh, packed places like pravaz you said was packed but but are are these gigs packed are people back to to showing up the way they are are people hesitant what is a live experience like that because i haven't been to a live show in you know years it seems like Yeah it's funny because um I think like Parvaz sold out the shows on their tour in Mumbai and Bangalore and I think a few other places as well so um I think crowds are definitely back to see like the big artists you know like they definitely want to back the house and see them when they get the chance to um I'm not so sure with with you know like the smaller artists or with the newer artists like I know that's for Atma for example uh, are a very established band and you know like they went to play in Delhi I think uh this past weekend and uh, I think it yeah it turned out quite well for them as well so I think people are definitely showing up I think 
the apprehensions aren't there so much now that people are vaccinated and, and things like that, I suppose. And obviously, I should add the disclaimer, we're recording this on November 3rd, one day before Diwali. Uh, who knows, by the time this goes out, there might be a third wave and then all of a sudden this, this might end up sounding like completely absurd. So, so, but right now, I, I, I get what you're saying. I think people are trying to make the most of that gap in, you know, like the, the, this fun chance. I like, you know, we are going out to movies, we're meeting family, we're traveling again. Um, and of course, music being back or music shows being back is a big deal of it all, right? Um, besides from the live shows, uh, what else have you been listening to? Uh, what's, what's been new on your playlist? I like to ask our guests about that every, you know, every month. What have you been listening to recently? Yeah, I think... Um... So far, like I've, I've really been enjoying uh, this Kashmiri band Aleph's uh, new EP. Like they released, uh, technically, I guess, like it's two EPs. Uh, it's called Sia. Like they released part one a few months ago, and uh, part two also came out, I think, a while ago. So yeah, but I just sort of uh, came across it now. So mm-hmm. that's been good. I've been listening to Osho uh, Jane's album, and uh, he's he's quite cool that way. Like I think, like what he's done with the in the singer songwriter space has been quite nice. The album is called Sar, um, and that was really nice. Um, and yeah, I've been listening to the new Limp Bizkit. Limp Bizkit album was uh, pretty fun, pretty, you know, like pretty Limp Bizkit, basically. Like, uh, so it was great to listen to. And uh, uh, the new Porcupine Tree song, Harridan, came out, like, uh, which was completely surprising to see that Porcupine Tree came out with like a new song, a new album, new everything, like after more than a decade. So it was a total delight to hear it. You know, it's uh, once again, just like, uh, picks up right where they left off. So, yeah. As someone who was very much into Limbiscuit in their heyday, you know, like the significant other chocolate starfish heydays, I had no idea that they had a new album out. I had to, like, the moment you said that to Google, I'm like, really? Is that true? I'm, I'm so disconnected out of, like, <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm connected in some ways, but 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 that that wavelength didn't come this way. Um, so that's cool to hear. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, is there, because, you know, you are so in tune with everything new that's coming out, both India and internationally, but especially in the Indian side, are you starting to see something like post-pandemic songwriting or post-pandemic music making? And what I mean by that is that uh, artists who are influenced almost directly, the, the new work that's coming out now is written from that idea of isolation or the idea of, you know, fear of something, the unknown. It, it, are you starting to see that in the creativity of these artists? I think I've been starting to hear a lot of, uh, at least we're still hearing like a lot of thoughts from during the pandemic itself. I think, you know, like, so I think artists are still very much aware that they are in a pandemic and that they still, you know, have undergone those periods of isolation or just, you know, um, artistic, I guess, um, questions, right? Artistic introspection. So all that is still definitely going on. I don't think, and I think some artists have obviously, written from the perspective of what happens once this is all over and you know can we like uh jump on and you know like just go back to celebrating and i think that's that still very much exists like a lot of artists like zayden for example are, are you know like sort of doing that and then the completely other side of it is just that you know a lot of artists have offered complete like escapism through music right mm-hmm. um and i think like mokane uh you know his album the birth of Billy monroe like really does that um in the sense of it just presents this whole universe uh and uh yeah i mean I, I i liked it for the fact that it just sticks by it so well so yeah that that was that was one of the i feel like these categorizations can be sort of loosely made about the music coming out 
Yeah, so I was gonna I asked a question because I was also thinking about Mokane because you're right that he offered escapism with this new project, The Birth of Billy Monroe. But but at the same time, it I don't know when he he wrote it or when he actually because you know it was released recently. He may have written a lot of it before pandemic, but it had the feeling of a, a lot of the narrative of this of the story because it's also a story. We get into that a lot of the narrative of the album has happened in one particular person's mind, and so it has the feeling of escapism, but also the feeling of isolation. These Definitely. are my like. Really wild, creative ideas, and, and so so for those who um, may not know, uh, Mokane is a Delhi-based artist who uh, released uh, an album called the Birth of Billy Monroe that, that also went with a novella that came out with the same title, and he also he announced a film project. He told me he couldn't actually finish the project the, the way he had envisioned, but he did had uh, clips out. So it was kind of like a multi-dimensional, multi sort of multi-artistic way of looking at things. Of the story, and as we said, it is escapism. Like the birth of Billy Monroe is about a, a young man in Tennessee, USA, who goes on sort of like murderous rampage. That, that's what the story is about, and the and the music kind of is a soundtrack to the story in a way. And it just so happened we didn't plan this, but I think both of us ended up reviewing this album pretty much around the same time. I actually reviewed both. I reviewed the album and the book. I wanted to look at from it like from from the perspective of a of a reader as well, because I I do a lot of uh, literary reviews on the Chakkar. Um, nice. So, so from from the idea, I reviewed it from the idea of okay, I'm also reading a pop fiction novel, you know, and at the same mm-hmm. time, I'm I'm listening to this album. Uh, so let's talk about this album. Um, it, uh, it it it's something from what I wrote. He stands even independently of the indie scene in India. You know, it's it's like it's as if he's doing it. He's in his own lane, doing his own thing. Uh, is there anything you can compare him to, or is is there any any other artist that who he's in conversation with on the Indian scene? No, actually, I mean it's it's tough to say because uh, you know, like I think like Indian rock bands used to have like this really grunge phase going on yeah. at one point. I think especially in Delhi, like they really loved like you know their Nirvana, they really loved their Pearl Jam and all that stuff. And um, I think what happened was slowly like sort of bands like let that go, or maybe some of those bands themselves sort of dissipated, right? So I think like, but but the way Mokane does it is is very very different, you know, like it doesn't. it doesn't come across as just you know somebody clinging on to like this uh sort of out outdated sort of music you know like um and of course it's not outdated because he he clearly proves that in the way like they, you know he's adapted this style so um but to answer your question yeah like i don't think in india there are that many um artists who are doing this sort of stuff uh and uh, yeah i mean like you know especially like you said the multidimensional approach that he's had to releasing a book releasing the music videos the artwork and the music itself like i think um, yeah like it, it takes a lot to like around a very specific sort of story around a very specific theme so um yeah you, you don't really see that very often the, the the grunge part was actually it, it 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 was it was it was a pleasant surprise for me to hear modern grunge or or as i like to call it in dumb it was it was progressive grunge it felt like his grunge tracks are almost like the this is a stereotype of grunge era is that like these are short snappy songs you know and they're going to move on whereas he writes these like grunge rock operas in a way as including the song that we chose today narcissus i mean continuing on the theme of his music uh uh what about what about like lyrically what stood out most for you in 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 his sort of uh, songwriting expertise yeah i think like you know first of all there's there's that very like market sort of way of 
uh, you know, you can hear the influence of Kurt Cobain in his vocals for, for sure. sure. And like, sure. I, I don't think it's something that, you know, he shies away from either. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at, at the same time, I think songwriting wise, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that these songs have sort of come first. And then, I mean, the story sort of came together of, mm-hmm. of the novella, because I remember that uh, when Mukin played in Bangalore in 2018, I got to see them play this song. And back then it was under the working title of Waiting. Uh, I think it was called Waiting in brackets, Narcissus. And it was a shorter version of the song. But um, yeah, like, I mean, you know, like I think what stood out for me on this album as well as this song specifically songwriting wise was, was just that, you know, it uh, it just waits, you know, like it sort of builds. Mm. It, it's not about, like you said, about the grunge thing about that, you know, just aiming for, you know, like just punching and then, you know, getting out of there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's so much sort of measured uh, and uh, I think that's what adds to that whole psychedelic sort of element to it. Yeah, you're right. The, the waiting part, because it's, again, going away from the grunge norm, it's it it's very well produced and it's it's very tight. Like there's uh, every riff, every sort of chord, it, it feels like it's it's on point, you know. Um, so when we get to the mayhem at the near the end of the song, it's like particularly satisfying. Um, well, you know what? I think we build this up enough. Let's let's listen to Attack of the Month. Do you have anything else to say before we we play our song today? Uh, the song we chose is Narcissus by Mokane. Um, yeah, I would just say you know go out and buy the music, buy the novella. You know, support this kind of artist. Um, big big ups to Aman Arak who was the producer on this record. I think like he's brought out like an incredible sound. Um, so yeah, uh, check it out.
So I welcome back Shasta Vashnav to the What's a Chakra podcast. Shasta took a month's sort of a pause, sort of a break in between, but she's back with us now. Shasta, how are you doing? Yes. Great to have you back. Thank you, Karan. I'm doing fine. Uh, I'm happy to be back and reading and, you know, speaking about books. So one of my, some of my favorite things to do. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's something that we always connect on. And, and uh, as usual, we always pick books without sort of discussing what we're going to pick. We just pick books and then we, we see how it goes. So uh, I'll start because I, I picked the book by an Indian author um, for this Great. month. Um, and I I tried to go classic. Like I I wanted to pick somebody that uh, it's a book that I've been sitting in my bookshelves for years. Actually, I picked it up years ago. Um, and it's and it's just, these are stories that have been part of a lot of Indians' upbringing. Um, I would say perhaps uh, a lot of Indians, maybe a generation or half a generation above me. Um, mm. But it's something that I wanted to connect with, to just sort of connect with with this like long gone era of India. So I've been reading, or I recently finished R.K. Narayan's Malgudi Days. It, it is. Um, now, Malgudi Days, when you hear about it, I think uh, for a lot of people, it first, it, uh, they think of the TV show, the Doodarshan show, yes. which was yes. sort of an iconic hit in the mid-80s uh, based on this collection of short stories. I actually was too young to, to watch the show. I don't think I've ever seen the show itself. Uh, it was probably yeah. in 1986 when the show came out. Yes. Um, but I did watch a lot of Doodarshan in that era between like 87 to like, like early 90s to like... Yeah, we didn't have a choice. We didn't have a choice. <laughs> Doodarshan was all we had. And um, yeah. and I think that's part of the reason why shows like Malgudi Days became such a cult hit because all of the country had only one thing to watch, you know? And, um, mm-hmm. and the stories were so... Um, or, or aimed to be so typical, typically pan-India stories. Um, yes. Like R.K. Narayan in the... In the introduction to this, he says that I refuse to, like Malgudi is not a real place and I refuse to say where it is. I don't even want to say it's South India. It could be anywhere. It's, it's a place. Uh, it's a neighborhood. And so, so all of these uh, stories are based on this fictional small town called Malgudi. Right. Um, so uh, he wrote it in 1943. Like this is way back, just being independent uh, on Indian thought publications. Um, Narayan was originally from Madras. And, you know, he won a lot of notable awards over the years. You know, he won the Padma Vibhushan. He won a Sahitya Academy Fellowship. Um, he, you know, he was considered to be one of the greatest, greatest chroniclers of Indian life in the early and mid 20th century. And uh, right. I would say one of the few writers who really opened up opportunities or who really opened up the international liter- literary community looking at Indian English writers, you know, um, because I think he went and lived in New York, he settled in New York for a bit. Like he really did. He, uh, this, this collection was published again in 82 by Penguin Classics. And then it was okay. again published with like a longer version in India in the 90s. So it, it's sort of like a, one of these like cult, uh, not cult, but just like a very well-known series, which I had just never done. I never like um, read before. Um, right. I think everybody has the Malgudi Days copy in their house somewhere. You know, their parents would have <laughs> yeah. some, some hidden somewhere. And I'd also heard so much about it. I, I felt like I'd read it, but I realized right now when you're when you're telling me about it that I've never read Malgudi Days. I feel like I've read excerpts. I feel mm-hmm. like I've read, you know, little bits of it, but never the book, actual, the actual book. So what is it about? You said they're short stories. Yeah, and I mean, 
just to go on on what you said like the beauty of these stories are that as you're reading them you kind of feel that you know you know these stories you're familiar with these characters it, they're sort of you know they're very universal in their simplicity um what what uh narayan does is that he is able to you know he, he's able to do what the best uh writers but but specifically short story writers do is that uh that they keep their focus very tight like they zoom in on a very small issue and they make that small issue that small glimpse of life into something that everybody can feel so so they make they make a very specific thing into a very universal thing right um right uh, so I'll, i'll give some examples of the stories like there's a story of the blind dog there there there's several dog related stories which i love like i love dogs so so there's there's a story about a blind dog about a stray dog who makes friends with a blind beggar so there's a blind beggar okay. man who who is befriended by a stray dog uh, and there's an old woman that cares for this blind man um so this old woman passes away so when this woman passes away now this blind beggar only has the dog with him to take care of him and he he leashes the dog the dog used to be free he's a stray but this blind man leashes the dog to sort of help him walk around the neighborhood a bit um and he finds out that like having this dog around helps his income more more people are giving him arms because people like okay. the dog you know um uh he he but he starts becoming greedy he starts becoming very mean to the dog he starts like kicking the dog beating him like making sure the dog is always around um he becomes so rich that he starts like lending money soon and then uh the people in the neighborhood they see this and they don't like how that he's being mean to this dog that he's being greedy so one day they come and a, a person just cuts the leash and the dog go, runs free and this blind man now all of, is really angry he's really mad at the dog for escaping he's mad at the situation that he's lost this dog and the people in the neighborhood are really happy they they're happy that the dog has his freedom the dog is going around running with other dogs he's yelping around he's very free but what happens a few days later is the dog comes back with the blind man and he sits back with him and this time the blind man puts a metal leash on him so he can't escape and like that's how the story it's so it's like that's the story that's the whole uh, gist of it you know um, yeah but it's symbolic of so much other stuff in life symbolic of symbolic so much of other stuff and uh, yeah. and the way he observes indian marketplaces at this time we are talking 30s and 40s right um right. it it's it, it's it was kind of pleasure to read this these simple stories you know uh, just to sort of i'll say simple uh, i don't mean simple in the sense that they're not uh, deep in emotion i mean simple in the sense they're about uh, they, they're about like on face value topics and then uh, you can find greater analogies and metaphors if you wish to find in them you know um yeah of course of course they're not for children they are for children they, they can be for children yeah they can be for okay, children okay. they are i mean i would i don't i don't think there's any themes in this which are you know uh, or at least you know like how indian parents how we raise our children which is just more like whatever we, we don't really care so much about things in pg 13 or whatever you know yeah yeah, um, yeah. There, there's another story called ishwaran about a man who continues to fail a, a young man continues to fail his exams he's he's always doing badly in his exams and i think he's failed them like 9 years in a row and the 10th time he does he does sits his exam and he's he's filled with this sense of foreboding and self-loathing because he's sort of branded as somebody who's a fool by the neighborhood uh so he doesn't even go to check his results instead he writes like a he he goes to the movies he's walking around everyone's asking him about the paper and he's just like shrugging them off he writes a suicide note uh saying that like you know and and i mean and and but 
even though he does this the mood of the story is always like kind of quirky and it's kind of a lighthearted mood he writes a suicide note he goes he goes to the films etc he's ready to like sort of give up on life because he knows he's going to fail again so when he does see the results he sees that he's passed and he gets really excited uh he he gets so excited that he leaps into the river to celebrate and he he passes away and uh, like his oh. body and and his suicide note and his body discovered the next day so it's you know the stories like that there are a lot of re- recurring characters in the story uh there's a talkative man there's swami the child from his novel from uh, narayan's novel um yeah i think i've read swami's uh, you may have read the swami I, stories yeah yeah it's a it's a familiar yeah so he wrote a novel about uh, swami and then uh, he uh, swami shows up in some of these stories too so like basically his his literary life was stories around you know malgudi um there, there's another uh, interesting story called lolly road where uh, where there's a statue of a british um a british man in malgudi the statue is brought down after the british leave because the indians like out of nationalist fervor they bring it down but they discovered they mixed up the lollies and the lolly whose statue they brought down was actually a, a very nice person who did a lot to support the indians so uh, so like the, the, this story like kind of comments on how like uh, politics changes people's you know um like yeah. like like the, uh, how politics is shape shifting a lot in india and how like right. politics is like remembering history in a way um yeah so um there's lots there's a lot of stuff like that in this in this book it's it, it was a fun read i, I enjoyed uh, just taking this sort of time capsule you know that's nice it's a very different sort of uh, relaxing it, it would seem like a relaxing read amidst all the heavy ones we've been going yeah through. i know and what was funny was so around the same time i'm i'm also reading um, a collection of chekhov stories and oh, uh, and uh, it's it, like i i i couldn't help it, it was just out of randomness like i didn't plan it that way but i i couldn't help but compare the two you know like the uh, narayan and chekhov you know both use language very efficiently to tell stories you know they right. they, they, right. they don't like portray their flair and try to be too colorful Uh, which you know like a lot of writers including me like we kind of uh, we fall into the trap we think like a bigger vocabulary means a better story or not or not mm. bigger vocabulary but but trying too hard to create these like wonderful colorful metaphors always means a better story sometimes yeah. all you need is a great story and and both of them put ordinary people in like sort of bittersweet situations it was uh, like it was fun reading both both of them side to side nice great experiment <laughs> Yeah, so let's move on to you. Uh, I know you told me what you were reading, and and I, I got so excited from the moment you mentioned this this novel because yeah, it's one of my ten yeah. or twenty favorites ever. So uh, why don't you oh, tell the listeners what you've been listening to, what you've been reading? So I read after a long time. I read a superb, like perfect novel according to me, hmm. called "The Sense of an Ending" by Julian Barnes. Um, so. I was browsing at a bookstore, and a friend of mine said, "This one you have to take because you know it's fabulous." And I love the size of it. I love the yeah. fact that I was intrigued, of course, by the whole you know uh, title and everything. And then when you said um, uh, that I must read it and that you loved the ending, etc., then I was like, "Okay, this is something I have to pick up," you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I read it in about three sittings. I didn't even really like take ages or anything. I read it like. in in at a go and it is um i i just i loved it because it is it's talking about existential problems uh, at the same time it's it's fast paced in a way there's a mystery 
uh, but at the same time it's uh, you know it's got this whole um, it's got all these musings and you know interesting little asides and thoughts and everything like that but it's uh, yeah i really really enjoyed it so without giving away any spoilers uh, the novel is basically about this old man who's reminiscing uh, it the first part of it is his is his youth and you know about his friends and his girlfriends and his you know college life and you know coming of age in that sense and the second part is him now he's he's lived his life you know yeah. he's in retirement he's you know uh, has an amicable divorce and everything and now he's revisiting those parts of his youth he's forced to revisit those parts of his youth because of an incident yeah. and uh, and he suddenly sees it also differently and he you know so- solves some stuff which he had, had no idea about mm. and this forces him to question his own identity and his own place in the world yeah. and what i loved about it is it's it's so authentic it's so um, there's so much self awareness you know there there's so many truths in there and they're put across beautifully you know it's yeah. like woven with all these metaphors and all these like musings about life like i love the way he has all of these thoughts are his own right hmm. these philosophy thoughts but he's attributed it to a friend and made that friend the the hmm. one who you know uh yeah. sort of always came up with these deep thoughts so yeah. it's a great way to sort of for a writer to put across his thoughts without it becoming very uh you know just like boring and okay this is this is something we have to listen to one guy drone on about his thoughts he's woven it he's woven the story so beautifully and of course the end is a shocker like yeah. i was really like when i read it it's like a page turner yeah. so it's very yeah. strange to have a page turner in an existential kind of novel yeah. you know it's just like in a this is not a novel yeah yeah it's yeah. literally novel it's not a thriller it's yeah. not a uh, it's like a postmodern i mean i don't know how to it's it's it, it's definitely not a, a mystery yeah. novel but yeah. it has that mystery you know that's what i loved about it so, yeah it's um, it, it's like a literary dramatic novel and uh, yeah and the ending I, so i've read it twice like i did it once the first time it came out and then i did it again like maybe a year ago um nice and uh, it's like the moment i finished it i wanted to read it again it was one of those novels where you're like oh wait because it makes you question everything you've read in the first part it makes you question everything exactly. all over again uh and exactly. and, it, and it makes you wonder like oh like I, I, how much of this narrator do i trust i think it's is one of the great classic uh novels of a uh, untrustworthy narrator you know yes the unreliable, the unreliable narrator, narrator. yeah which is so true because as soon as i finished it i said okay i'm reading this again <laughs> like this is one of those books you yeah. have to read again yeah. and especially the character of veronica you know the ex girlfriend yeah. i i i feel i felt like i had to read her parts again for yeah. everything to make sense and to sort of fall into place and it's very interesting karan if you go on to goodreads you'll see all these funny funny questions and theories yeah. that people have come up with and i was like, just Yeah like how have you reached that like it's just no that's not what happened and some people didn't get it some people are like but what happened in the end but why like this and some people have actually questioned the whole thing you know saying that how was any of this his fault mm-hmm. you know so some of it is logical also yeah. <laughs> but i, I was just going thing- to say um, because i i did the same thing after reading this book i did a lot of internet like it was a first time in a long time where i wanted to see like wait what really happened and then there's this whole internet community that continues to actually discuss Question. what really yeah, happened and, and yeah, that yeah. almost never happens in a very high liter- like this one the man booker prize 
this isn't like a yes. dan brown mystery like this is exactly. really one of the uh, like the, the most important literary novels written in the last decade or so right uh, yes. and, and for it to have that sense of like mystery and that sort of like people's confusion you know on, on online is is so interesting to me it's it's brilliant and you know there were some very good points like this the character of the uh, of of veronica's mother okay is just literally a uh, uh, this we don't know anything about it yeah it's just it, it it's just a, a manipulative woman you know so it's in that sense there are some failings and if the author being a man yeah. obviously when we look at it in that sense from a feminist angle you're just mm-hmm. like really that's that's convenient you know like yeah. Yeah. the the manipulative woman so it's yeah. i mean i hope i'm not giving away too many too oh, much no, no, but I mean, if it happened in the first half it's fine i think we can talk about you know yeah yes yeah yeah so i just felt like of course if one has to pick some feelings or some you know this thing there are there are things to pick at but i just enjoyed it because as a novel it was perfect according yeah. to me it made all its points it was beautifully crafted um it had you know the page turning effect and everything and like you're saying it's not even a dan brown or something it's mm-hmm. it's like uh, it still has that uh, best best seller or that kind of you know mm-hmm. a pace to it so yeah. yeah so i really i really enjoyed it i'm so glad that you may you also recommended it and my friend recommended it and mm-hmm. it's definitely up there on my favorites uh list so. and it's a, it's a, it's a short novel you know it it doesn't take Very that long short. i mean the, the way um, like similarly th- th- that that's how i also read it the first time i was trying to get through it as quick as possible um yeah. and th- and there's a film based on this i don't know if if you heard oh. the film came out like 3 or 4 mm-hmm. years ago it's anyone who's read the novel would be very like it 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 is a difficult thing to film because as we said it's an unreliable narrator and it's based on yeah. memories so how do you show the memories that happen and and the memories he chooses to to not remember or or the, or the reality he chooses to not remember and and how much of the reality is made up how much of the reality is true a lot of the novel is about that a lot of the novel is about what he chooses to forget or or, or the lies he tells himself in a way you know uh because the narrator i'm forgetting his name now but he is uh he he, he is like he's tony he's a, i'm sorry tony webster tony webster like tony is a he's a brilliant thinker you know uh, he's he's somebody who is able to really think a lot about and and do great deep reflections on his upon his own life so for someone to be such a, a brilliant thinker of himself of his own life and memories but then to also have these like large gaps in his memory and uh, and it's not as if you know like the novel isn't uh, a confession he is just thinking to himself so for him to tell this to himself and still uh, keep himself in the dark about a lot of things is uh, is is sort of one of one of the beauties of this novel and for that it doesn't always translate perfectly on screen but i actually enjoyed the movie like it it was kind of like small time indie movie and um, like my wife and i both really liked this novel so we had to go watch the film um and it was uh, it, it, it obviously people would criticize it because anytime a book is that good the movie won't be good um uh, but it, yeah. it it was still it, it was enjoyable yeah that's good to hear that's good to hear but but actually the thing is for me tony was not that much of an unreliable narrator because he had so much self awareness you yeah. know he called his life average he was yeah. he was yeah. extremely like there was at no point did he have any delusions about his life in yeah. fact yeah. he was always playing it down 
yeah. okay this is what i settled for this was my wife this was my below average career this was yeah. you know i never questioned anything i never uh, made anything happen i let life happen to me mm-hmm. that is his you know consistent uh, uh, argument mm-hmm. so um, so you know that's the thing like he uh, he's not unreliable in that yeah. sense because he has so much self awareness and that's what i mean so, for someone for for someone to be so self aware and yet uh have these blanks uh, or or these like yeah. uh like like dark spots in their memory yeah. uh is is yeah. what makes this story yeah i mean um i i i i feel everyone should it's one of these books that everyone who's who's you know who's into reading literature should should read it it's it's it should be you know uh i feel in time this should be one of the books that should be taught in um like literary college courses if if it isn't already think, to be honest um, yeah i think it, it will be it should be universally should. be taught um because it's yeah, such yeah. a it can teach so much for a writer too like a writer said write about memory narration uh, reflection stuff like that you know um yeah so i'm so no, glad I you read this yeah thank you me too i i tend to like study the writing style of writers when i'm reading nowadays because just so that i can also practice sometimes mm-hmm. but the best novels i've realized are those that you can't keep studying are those that you just get lost in because yeah, you're just yeah. like you know you're trying to understand their style but it, it the writing just takes you away you know so i think this was again one of those so well i'm glad uh, to yeah. talk about um a couple of classics uh yes. this month uh, <laughs> i i read arkin narayan's malgudi days and shasha thank you read the sense of an ending by julian barnes uh shasha thank you for joining us today and uh, i'll catch you in a month yes thank you so much so welcome back uh, pratik santram to the what's chakra podcast uh, pratik and i both watched a newish movie on um, uh, amazon prime sardar udham uh, sardar udham is um, a brand new film on amazon prime as i said and it's about the real life story of um, udham singh who was somebody that i knew almost nothing about to be honest and it it was kind of honestly shocking to me that there was that this guy lived such like a colorful like the the kind of life that that is actually worth a film you, even if a film, like if you made a film about it people won't believe it that oh, this person really yeah. lived you know is this all really yeah. fi- fiction is this really happening and then when you google him and you find out like oh my god this is most of this is actually true uh and it's yeah. a film by sujit sarkar and of course it's been in the news because it uh, being a, a pretty good movie it's also been in the news because it it was supposed to be india's choice for our oscar entry you want the freedom of your people So I mean, I want to just get like uh, Pratik. I want to get your first reactions of this movie. You saw it more recently than I did. Um, yeah. What did you think of this film? Did you feel it was worth the hype? I had hyped it up a little bit for you. You did, and actually, I, I wasn't going to watch the movie uh, because it comes at a time where a lot of these movies are jingoistic. Yes. Um, and I, I really was like, as much as like I, I like Vicky Koshal as an actor, I really wasn't going to get. I didn't want to feel like watching the film. 
but then uh, you and a couple of other people who watched it you know they said that it's not jingoistic um and you should watch it uh, because if for nothing i think you you mentioned janiawala bag that it was uh, and we i think we'll talk about that in a bit but yeah i mean i watched it and uh, yeah it was anything but jingoistic in fact i i feel that there was a lot of like uh, <laughs> there was a lot of uh, communist manifesto the communist manifesto that was actually uh, and because he was a communist i mean he was a socialist as was bhagat singh so you know so all those things were there uh, and i found i actually found a lot of uh, actually found that they humanized a lot of uh, characters and i i want to talk about that in a bit but uh, yeah that, that was really really interesting for me which i haven't seen in like a not not a freedom fighter but yeah definitely like the struggle for india's independence that sort of film um yeah so i i actually really enjoyed it and i'm glad i we, we are doing this so that i that i watched the film for this and it's great yeah yeah so it's interesting right like it's a patriotic ish film it's a mm-hmm. biopic mm-hmm. about uh somebody who consider himself a patriot and of course did ads act mm-hmm. of indian patriotism but at the same time it is not jingoistic and it's and it's funny because like so i wrote about this um uh, my my feature about my essay about this film is actually be coming out just two mm-hmm. days before this podcast goes out so um mm-hmm. i think it'll be uh, uh, i sort of uh, deliberated on it a little bit more in that essay where um, it, it is further proof a person's label is put on by the people in power who are putting the label on you know uh, mm. sardar udham and this is no secret the movie very early begins with this he assassinates the person who was uh, sort of in charge of punjab when the jallianwala bag incident happened when yep. the atrocities at jallianwala bag happened he 21 years later he he assassinates this this man in london so he is uh, an assassin a political prisoner to be sentenced to death on the eyes of the english the eyes of the indians he is a he's a hero he's he's somebody hero, who, yeah. who helped um you know sort of like uh, uh, not rekindle but who have light another fire under our freedom struggle and we have celebrated him since there's there cities named after him there's museums up yeah. named after him in jallianwala bag itself so you know it and and now all the way to this movie there've been other biopics about him so the fact that we celebrate yeah. a person who was basically a political assassin it uh, and it goes on to say how how one person can be do two things so you mentioned bhagat singh and he gives this great speech in this film um bhagat singh that does about mm-hmm. uh the difference between i think terrorists and revolutionaries revolutionary yeah and he yeah. talks about how like revolutionaries do something for symbol terrorism this ter- terrorists just ter- terrorize yeah. people and i really could not help drawing a straight line from uh the the the, the authoritarian leaders that we had then who bhagat singh was fighting against to the authoritarian leaders yeah. that we have now that yeah. that now, people yeah. <laughs> who are being labeled terrorists and assassins by the government correct no so correct. so so if anything this movie was not jingoistic but it was revolutionary and he says he wants to is revolutionary it was actually asking individuals to 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 have the revolutionary spirit against authoritarian leaders so so i yeah. think that's why it did not have the same kind of uh jingoistic rara love that for example vicky kosh's last film had uri which was straight mm-hmm. and straight india's great i mean i, I uh, Yeah. I I I confess I still haven't seen Uri just because of its timing and all of, all the narrative around it I, yeah. I heard it was an amazing film yeah but yeah yeah so yeah so coming back to Bhagat Singh I mean in the at the end of the very speech where you're talking about the difference between revolutionary and a terrorist he also says that what are you going to do uh, after India gets independence he says I'm going to 
uh, what I'm going to go go back home, open a bottle of English wine, yeah. dance with a dance with an English girl, yeah. and go go to sleep. So it's it's so and and I think Udham Singh says it a few times in the movie that I do not hate the British. Yeah, I do not hate I do not hate uh, English. Yes, I hate Michael O'Dwyer because he represents imperialism and the. Yeah. So it's it's almost like because it's very easy to make a film where you know it's like oh all Pakistanis are dogs or all <laughs> Britishers are oppressors. Uh, it's very easy to make and you get you'll get cheap love, a cheap uh, what do you call it a cheap uh, uh, applause for it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but even like Bhagat Singh, the, the the portrait of Bhagat Singh in this film is is amazing because um, he's not shown as somebody. Usually, when when they then they portray Bhagat Singh, he's all this like idealistic, uh, serious guy with like uh, India as my motherland. And you know what? In all probability, he would not have been a person like that because he was more practical. He was more of a realist, right? Uh, so even like the the presentation of the of India's freedom is great because there's this uh, great monologue that Vicky Kaushal has when he's standing in the fountain, and he says that uh, nothing comes of war, nobody wins in a war, and that's something we've heard before. Yes. But he says that you know I don't, you are free to do what you want in your country, and I think that's what stood out. He's like you are free to do what you want in uh, your country, just leave our country yeah. or give us our freedom, and it was it was almost like an anti. Sort of speech, if if that could be a word, uh, in relation to like all all the other movies we've seen, mm-hmm. uh, all the patriotic films we've seen. So so I actually enjoyed that a lot, like the very very realistic thing. And to- talking of like getting real characters, and I don't think this movie tried to like show a good side of General Dyer, the guy who actually carried out the massacre, but definitely it showed that he was also human. And he was in, human. In, yeah. for me, for me, that's all that scarier that. Yeah. You don't have to be possessed by a demon to do this. He, I mean, he the guy stays up all night. Like even him, even if it was, they showed him deliberating a terrible idea yeah. and justifying it to himself. So so yeah. so it yeah. he's both human and it also shows how scary humans can be because he's not a cartoonish yeah. evil person. He's a very exactly human evil person. Um, yeah, I'm and still I, a piece of shit, but yeah. uh, <laughs> and, 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 you but, know the, but yeah. The speech you were referring to, where he said that uh, I don't hate all Indians, I don't hate all British. Um, yeah, it's a it's it's a real speech that he gave during that Uthman Singh gave during his trial. Like I I, I looked all this trial, up, yeah. and so 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 this this isn't just embellishment. This isn't just made up to make to have this like dramatic scene in the film. All of this happened, which is which is what makes this man's life so compelling, right? And I'm and I was kind of surprised that that um, we actually did not get a film of this sort earlier. And for it to come now, where oh, yeah. um, where uh, India is being divided so much, you know, on the terms of religion, caste, and all, whereas this guy, he's he on his hand, he's tattooed Ram Muhammad Singh Azad, like he's uh, yeah. like like that part really gave me like the chills because you can't celebrate patriotism without celebrating the unity that he is standing behind. You know, I, I feel they did a really great job with the production in this film. Like they they went all mm-hmm. in the sets. The the sort of um, the, the 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 period sets that they put London in that the time period, Russia yeah. uh, mm-hmm. of course the scenes in Punjab in India uh, they they really like went went all the way through so it, it made the the acting itself kind of believable it made everything there believable yeah um and yeah. and there's so much meticulous detail that 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 went into uh Vicky Koshal's uh, Udham Singh sort of revenge like it was a 21 year mm-hmm. long wait. Um, and yeah. and I think there are times when the film does get slow, 
but 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 i think it's worth it it's worth at least i'm talking about the the, the first two thirds of the film until we get to the jallianwala bit bag bit mm-hmm. the even when it's slow it's it's like it's a, it's a it's very um, it's very suspenseful even in its speed mm-hmm. it's building up to something yeah 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 uh, i i mean just just uh, because you're talking about production values i love the fact that there was the acting by like the non indian actors mm-hmm. namely white actors was good uh probably the best i've seen in an indian film and also there was no like that one guy who spe- i mean okay there was one guy but they they justified him his uh, hindi with a back story mm-hmm. but nobody just broke out into hindi they needed translators yeah. they you know otherwise always there is one white person who can speak like yeah. pretty passable hindi yeah. and it, that just just always spoils it for me uh this was pretty good like it showed that you know even in fact it, in the michael o'dwyer the guy who plays michael o'dwyer he says that i didn't even bother learning the language even though he was posted there so the kind of that kind of uh, so i i really enjoy the production value on this film um number it's, one it's it's funny uh, on number the two, thing uh, you know like back in the day they would always hire uh, the great tom walter the the, the father tom of walter. our friend jimmy walter like one of the greatest <laughs> actors india has ever produced but but they would always yeah. hire him to play the the, the englishman who's who speaks perfect english in these period dramas in these raj dramas and mm-hmm. i mean even though he was yeah. american so or or, or american, he was of yeah. american origin um yeah. so so i guess the, the, unless you have a, a talent like that i don't think it's worth having just anyone speak in hindi you know exactly yeah yeah i mean so that so i really enjoyed that and just on janewala bag so when the when the when they show the massacre, i mean spoilers they show the massacre uh, i was actually in my head i'm i'm comparing it to like uh, the scene in gandhi right mm-hmm. um because that's that's the other like iconic scene mm-hmm. and i thought cinematically just the massacre part i thought cinematically the scene in gandhi was better shot but this was so much more real mm-hmm. uh you know like they actually showed like limbs getting torn apart like how it would be um but the interesting was, thing was in the ma- I, i felt this was the most visceral i've ever seen the, yeah. the, like it it made mm-hmm. me like obviously you read details about it you watch reenactments and it it you know it makes you angry but there was nothing like this in this film like it really yeah. I, i think for them they, they wanted to show why there's so much anger inside this kid yeah. you know mm-hmm. and, and and they spent not to me they spent too much time there like honestly they they it, like one third of the movie is a very slow paced not jallianwala bag itself but the the aftermath of the aftermath yeah helping people get to hospital i, I feel all those scenes were necessary but 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 they they were so they were so long and so slow that I'll, you almost took away it became a different movie it became a film about Correct. the night of jallianwala bag you know as compared to a film a larger biopic about sadar udham which which you know uh, yeah you, you're right in saying that it slowed down and a lot of things were repeated like him taking the carrying the bodies out and stuff like that um but also i mean i don't know if okay this is probably coming as spoiler thing so let's not i'll talk about it afterwards but at least definitely like that's a side of jallianwala bag we don't see yes uh, is the clean up is yeah. the aftermath is yeah. the, it's yeah. the, it's the just the bringing of bodies while the water has been cut yeah. the water supply and, and, and while they imposed section 144 in while the, they yeah um yeah and they come back and they come back just to check and th- again this might have been a construct in the film but in all probably that happened they they did they come back to check that oh what's what's happening um and all of that to me was and so you know you know what i'm talking about i won't mention it but there's also that one thing that 
is eluding him while he's doing all this. Yeah. Right. The reason why he runs there. Yeah. Yeah. And so that for me, in my head, that there was still a lot of suspense going on because of that. Mm. Um. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it it slowed down significantly, but in my head, I was just like, oh my gosh, has he? Does he not remember? But yeah, that was that was that was actually quite a. Yeah, quite quite a quite a powerful scene. I I rarely get like angry, especially when they try to like force down this Jimmy. But that's what I think happened. They, they didn't do that. They just showed what it probably was like. And so I was I got really annoyed about the fact that the British have not apologized for this. Yeah, Even exactly. The Queen has yeah, been, yeah, but there's been no. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there's been there's no, been no formal apology. You, you know, um, like. Uh, as you were talking about you know like getting angry watching this scene but not angry it wasn't forced down the anger wasn't forced down upon us mm-hmm. uh, i feel mm-hmm. that the, the uh, sujit sarkar the director he he took a very interesting calculated risk in the in the in the narrative of the film it wasn't linear so we start off um, yeah. like about 10 years after jallianwala bag where he's out of jail and then he mm-hmm. out of prison and then he goes to the uk and very early in the film he he murders odwire so 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 yeah. so there's no suspense left of whether or not he'll do it i think he assumes that if you are a student of indian history you know he's 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 done it that's not that's not the suspenseful part the suspenseful part for him it became why did he do it why was he so enraged to do this again we know the answer why but but i think by viscerally showing it to us exactly what happened in this man's youth what he witnessed mm-hmm. it it it's basically the, i i think it i think what he did was that he 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 didn't leave it to a cheap suspenseful uh, reveal aha this is what happened i think he he made it more understanding like you can only understand it by watching it i think those are the best pieces mm-hmm. of art that you can only understand the meaning of yeah. the art by experiencing the the art no one I can explain it to you yeah. i could explain to you what happened at jallianwala bag but unless you see what so just sarkar shows us that udham singh saw uh you, you will not understand udham singh's anger and i think um, I, so i felt that was uh, the, the the narrative of the film going back and forth it was a gamble but by my opinion it worked and i think uh, it, it was one of the strengths of the film the, the way his narrative was not not mm-hmm. linear not linear yeah yeah absolutely and it's and uh, another thing that surprised me i don't know so i honestly thought that so whenever we heard of udham singh because again we did never go into detail in our history books uh, they just mentioned oh yeah he went there and shot the man uh, i thought he must have probably gotten down in london got a gun within a week shot Turned him straight away yeah, so yeah it it was 6 years in which six, he had to six, leave seven, yeah the, yeah leave england multiple times he had to like hide he had to run he fell out or say oh another thing just just because we talking about this i what i also liked about the movie is there was no well almost no like love interest there was but at least at least you know there there would there would be a very typical trope where he, he would have fallen or an, a, a a white woman would have fallen in love with him an english person would have fallen well, that, well that would have been the american version of this film where exactly uh, yeah, yeah yeah and then and then yeah. the sunny deol version of this film would have been that he, that uh, he has a lover waiting for him back in punjab singing a lot i think that <laughs> <laughs> I think I think th- those yeah. are the versions we are looking at right now. So it's not Gadar or Salakhan. <laughs> oh, just one more thing. I think this was another like I think this is deliberate. Uh, can't prove it, but I think this is deliberate. Where at the end, I mean, again, guys, spoilers, sorry. Uh, but he is found guilty for yes uh, assassinating him. There's again history, right? Yeah. But then he is suggested. He is suggested. Uh, somebody suggests to him that he should 
apologize mm. and he will probably get go free and he does not apologize mm. uh, which leads me to believe that 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 also speaks to somebody who uh, currently in our country is they've been trying to prop up this guy's image yeah. uh, but the fact that is that that man apologized and he got away and he he got free yeah uh, i think i think that spoke to it. i can't prove it but i think that kind of spoke to it that you don't have to apologize to the british in order to gain your freedom every time or or, or to any authoritarian uh, regime um so exactly. so before we finish um was there anything yeah. that you, that you didn't like about the film anything that that you wish was done differently or or you wish you could improve uh no i i i don't know and uh, i don't think it was again i think the pacing was a little thing i think the length of the film overall is a thing uh, is a was a little, uh, bit on the longer side uh i don't know what you could have removed uh but i mean yeah i mean overall if somehow they could have just sh- sh- uh, shortened it maybe by 15 minutes i think it would have been much tighter but even though I, as both of us said you know we were still kind of watching in in suspense that something is happening something's going to happen even though you know what's going to happen yeah, yeah. so that way it's a very well made film but overall they've kind of tried to like just contain it a little more i think that's been great but but by the way hats off to vicky kaushal uh, did you know that irfan khan was supposed to play this role i, I read that it was before yeah, that. which would have been and his son was supposed to play the younger yeah. his son was irfan khan son was supposed to play the younger udham singh but hats off to vicky kaushal i yeah. mean what, i mean great great actor like great he did an incredible yeah. job I've, you know i've liked yeah, him yeah. a lot of movies masan obviously he was incredible in um but going back to what yeah. you said i i agree with you that that i i feel it, should, it could have been shortened to i mentioned earlier that the, the jallianwala bag scenes could have been cut by 15 minutes or so my other complaint was that i think and and this is something that a, a, a lot of biopics about uh, national heroes tend to do is that they they sort of they are afraid of risk they are afraid of showing personality mm. about the person now they did show bhagat singh personality as you mentioned but um, we know very little about udham singh i guess uh beyond the fa- beyond yeah. the historical facts and i'm i'm, I'm just assuming yeah. down the fact on on the basis of the, there was almost he, he was shown almost just a one tone mood the whole time his mood is mm. he is only in the mood for murder basically for two and a half yeah. hours of the film but the, <laughs> the only time I, i got a chuckle was when he i think he likes laddus and he reached out for laddu and and it was like yeah. okay nice like so so i i kind of wish the director had taken a few more risks in in showing us a side of him that you know that 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 may or may not be true but 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 it humanizes him a little bit more uh because more, yeah yeah because yeah. he's actually we were we were saying how other characters are humanized he is uh, he's dehumanized you know he's he's only there for yeah. one purpose this whole film yeah. i, I <clears throat> maybe he was really like that in person but we don't know and it's it's kind of hard to uh, it's hard for me to believe that a person would be just one tone all their lives he spent 6 or 7 years in the yeah. uk He, he would have done yeah. other things you know um yeah especially when he when he was drunk you know like he drinks but he just becomes an angrier version or more thoughtful version of himself i mean they allude but yeah you're right he, he doesn't really change they, they allude to the fact that he punched another indian at a uh, doing a drunken fight yeah and i, I and i wish yeah. that shown that but, but but you know because it's for me it was important to see the imperfections of this man obviously mm-hmm. from a certain perspective he's an assassin so he's a completely imperfect man but from our indian perspective mm-hmm. uh, him as a hero i want to see a hero with imperfections too and um, so 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 yeah. that, that that's the only thing i, w- I would wish for but otherwise uh, 
I mean, I obviously highly recommend this film. I, I, I made my dad watch it. I want people who are um, sure. consider themselves patriots to watch it, because uh, mm-hmm. b- b- because to me, patriotism doesn't always mean listening to what the authority says. It means doing the right thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Pratik, thank you for joining us. Thank you for watching this film. Thank you. And uh, I shall catch you in a month. A big thank you to all the guests for joining us today and of course to all the listeners who have tuned in. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Please check us out on thechakkar.com and we are on Facebook, on Instagram and Twitter at thechakkar. Until next time, chakkar ghumte raho.